On this episode of Narcissist Apocalypse, we talk with an abuse survivor named Ariana. And Ariana was in a three-year abusive relationship where she was eventually afraid for her life. It's a story about feeling alive for the first time, atomic love bombing, taking positives from the negative, and growing from the mistakes you made along the way. Welcome to Narcissist Apocalypse, a podcast that gives a voice to survivors of narcissistic abuse. I am Brandon Chadwick, but my friends call me Chad, and thanks for tuning into this episode. So what is a narcissist, you may ask? Well, for the purposes of this podcast, we refer to a narcissist as anyone who has displayed a pattern of behavior that shows a limited capacity to appreciate others' perspectives. It is that simple. And now, before we get to our episode with Ariana, I just wanted to thank everyone in the Narcissist Apocalypse community for listening to the show and sharing your thoughts by email, Instagram, Twitter, and Facebook. A big shout out to all of our friends in our Narcissist Apocalypse Facebook support group for just being a great group of people. So hello to all of you out there. Also, a reminder, if you haven't left us a review on whatever podcast service you use, Spotify, Apple, Google, Stitcher, CastBox, etc., etc., please leave us a five-star written review as it helps out the show a lot when it comes to rankings. Now, if you want to be part of our show, please go to our website at NarcissistApocalypse.com and fill out the guest form and we'll go from there. That's at NarcissistApocalypse.com. You click on guest form, you fill out the information, press submit. I'll read your email. I'll answer your email. We'll go from there. But the quickest way to be part of the show is to also go to our website at NarcissistApocalypse.com and to read a letter to your narcissist. And how do you do that? To be part of our Narcissist Compilation episode, our Letters to Our Narcissist Compilation episode. I forgot a word there. I got it back. We have a voice recorder on our website to record. Go to NarcissistApocalypse.com. It's on the right side of the page, and it's always floating around, hard to miss. There's a button there that says Send Voicemail. Press it, and away you'll go. We're accumulating these letters to have a volume three of that episode, so send in those voicemails. If you want myself or my old pal Melissa to read your letter instead, just send it to NarcissistApocalypse at gmail.com. And before we get started, I just wanted to tell everyone we have a, a sister podcast, a new podcast called Narcissist Apocalypse Q&A, and it is now available for your listening pleasure. Yes, that is correct. Our first four episodes have been released. Our last episode was with Brandy Smith, and we discussed the narcissist real love versus fake love. It was a really great episode. Next week, we'll be chatting about spiritual abuse, and I'm really looking forward to that episode. It's going to be a really great listen, too. If you want to support this podcast, one of the many ways you can is to hire a therapist or coach from our directory. 
and Brandy Smith is on our directory, and Claudia Sinai Mosias from a couple weeks ago is on our directory, and Julie L. Hall from week one is on our directory, and Debbie Tudor from week two is on our directory. Yes, everyone who was on our Q&A episode is on our directory at abusetherapy.org. Our directory, once again, is abusetherapy.org. So if you're looking for a therapist or a coach, please do go to abusetherapy.org. It helps support our show. But do you know what else helps support our show? We now have a Patreon, everyone. Yes, that's right. We started a Patreon. What is a Patreon? A Patreon is, uh, I guess for us, more of like our fan page. It's it's a behind a paywall. It's $5 a month. You'll get episodes that have never aired. We're going to be doing follow-up episodes with former guests, watch-along episodes, and much, much more. We have three non-aired episodes up there already. And... Our original podcast episode, yes, that's right, before this podcast was what it is now, it started off as a humor podcast, and you'll never hear any of those episodes, but you can now. Our original episode, which was called Call to Arms, is now up on the Patreon, and you can help support the show and become a patron of Patreon at patreon.com slash narcissist apocalypse that is right so if you want to become a patron of the show help support the show we're going to give you extra content at least one thing a week so now i'm just going to get out of my own way here is my conversation with ariana welcome to narcissist apocalypse with me today i have ariana thank you for being on the show today how are you i'm good i'm doing good well, I'm just going to get out of your way and give you the floor to tell your story. So I had the same partner for 10 years, and we have two kids together. And at this time, they were about like, they were kind of young. And I was in a, like a very foggy state. I remember like my relationship at this time with my, I would say my husband was really like we were really good friends. We never had fight, but somehow it's like we were not very intimate either. Like we had sex very rarely, and I really avoided to be intimate with him. And I felt very numb in general in my life. Like I felt like there was a big cloud over my head all the time, and I was not present in the the present moment. Even with my kids, like it was hard to be fully like to give my full attention to them and I would say like I'd lost like my instincts like I was never really happy nor very sad I was always like very neutral and for like what brought me maybe to this situation this narcissistic story like I'm from I'm not from a family of abuse which I hear a lot usually like I'm from a very like emotionless family, I would say. Like, there was never any fights at my house. And both my parents are from, like, very abusive family on both sides. But they, both of them, they took kind of the role of the quiet person. Sorry, did you feel loved or was it always distant? Were, like, they physically hugging type people or well, were they just I, distant? I got to... I got to be very close with my mom in the recent years, and she said even to me that 
for sure there was a lot like of there was a lack of emotional support like everything was done we were like all good but there was not like this loving feeling that much and i love like i love my parents and i have a super good relationship with them but i guess they were stuck at this time in their own stories and they were not shown themselves when they were young like what is it to be like loved or i don't know it's hard to tell for them but were you a good communicator or did you learn poor communication skills because of that we're very like i would say i'm a avoidant person okay and both my both my parents like they had they had issues that they never spoke about so i think the unspoken unspoken was a big thing but at the same time there was no big issues so i was not very like trained to be like a good emotional person maybe or i don't know i don't want to be rough on my parents over there because they actually they were really good <laughs> and like my brother it was me and my brother and my brother was like very hyper and it took a lot of place as a kid and so i guess i became like the good calm child that didn't need much so i guess this is what set me up for what happened mostly so how long how long was your uh marriage to your first husband uh together 12 years oh 12 years and yeah like from when i was quite young until recently <laughs> and uh, i guess it was very good and it was kind of the same relationship like i have nothing this person is a very good person he's a very good dad and now we're co-parenting and he's, he's a great dad like i have nothing nothing to say about it and but we were kind of like this like we had issues but we never really spoke about it and i guess we got to that point where the intimacy was not very good and at at a certain age like the kids they take a lot of time and energy and so like a lot of couples i guess it's, it went no intimacy and very sexless also and then after everything fell apart on well fell apart is a bad word after everything kind of naturally i guess dissolved because of uh the distance and the sexless marriage how long did it take for you to meet your eventual um ex jim actually i was i feel sometimes that i was like i had like narcissistic tendencies and i think a lot of people that live abuse they kind of feel like that but i guess i was in this very low point and i actually cheated on my husband for like a year before it ended and i cheated with that person that i'm going to talk about right now and it all started like my husband was away for work for like a long period of time like about 2 months and so i was alone with the kids and this person jim started texting me but very like subtle messages and at first i was like what does he want and then like i knew this person from a long time ago in a work we've been doing like 10 years before but i never really like we were never close or anything 
like he made it seem like he just wanted to know me more and yet he was also in a relationship with a person and I don't know I guess like my need of being seen was very big and I felt that this person really saw me and like he really went went for it like and I remember a line that he texted me was like I asked him like how can you trust that I'm not gonna tell your wife that you're texting me and he was like like I know from the first time I saw you 10 years ago that I could trust you and I was like how could you know stuff like that like we didn't even know each other and then he was all like I still remember that first time like I feel like we have very big story for us to come and like this is meant to be like very intense very fast now now I see it clearly but at this moment I just felt like I felt it was like you know when you're in the, the ocean and the boat is sinking and someone's throwing you a life something preserver to save? yeah I felt this was this <laughs> so I grabbed onto it so you felt that he was saving, sa- saving you and rescuing you and he's seen you for maybe your first time in a long time because you grew up kind of not feeling seen because of no i didn't yeah yeah and then in your relationship uh your first one maybe at the beginning you felt seen but then after i mean it was 12 years and after a while you i guess in your mind faded into the background and now after a very long period of time Jim is now seeing you and you feel like he is going to bring you up to be the person you always wanted to be. And pretty much, yeah. Like I felt deeply seen by this person and for sure it was like a, a feeling that was long gone from my life. Like, And me and my husband kind of like, I was kind of like a, very neutral like not bad but not extra good relationship like something that i would see now at much value like it was a normal relationship somehow but anyway this is what happened and like there's the love bombing stage and i would say like it was like a nuclear bomb like never ever in my life someone was that much into me and like, it didn't start that it that something happened already. Like, I was very, like, reluctant, and I was like, oh, I don't want to do that. Like, but I feel I was hooked very fast now that I see it from a distance. And So when you say it was a nuclear bomb, uh, yeah. a nuclear, uh, what was, I guess, the biggest thing uh, that really sucked you in? I don't have like a precise thing, but it's just a very deep feeling of being seen. And like this person was like, I felt was ready to do anything to be with me. Like, but anything. And he's like, see, he has his wife and his family, but if I would text him, like he would be like answering right away, like being very ready to come anytime. I was like, I wonder like how he could do that actually. Like with his family, because for me it was not a question. Like I was not very available, 
And so, like, we didn't see each other that much, but, like, we contacted each other as soon as we can. And then, I guess, after three months of, like, texting, then it started, like, a physical thing happened between us. And to me, it was like, like, this person made me feel like a goddess. Like, so feminine, like, never, ever before in my life. Like, nobody had made me feel that way, ever. And I guess this is what got me. Like, more that the power that it gave me, like, his attention. I guess this is what got me the most hooked. And I really felt a moment, maybe this was five or six months in, that my allegiance i would say which is a weird weird word to use but like switched from my husband to him and i guess after that i was really hooked and i consider myself to be like a very avoidant person and that is hard to like hard to get or but it happened anyway <laughs> um yeah i've like yeah, I don't want this story to start to be, like, very sexual, but I've listened to a lot, like, other stories, and I feel that sexuality is not brought as a subject much. But, like, this story was, like, very sexual, and because it was, I was coming from, a, like, a very low sexual place, like, it felt, like, I felt like I was a virgin, like, totally. And then, like, it went, like, it gave me a lot of, like, um, yeah, it's not, the word is not power, but confidence in myself that I lacked. <laughs> and I guess eventually was sex used as a, a weapon in, in your relationship, or we'll get there? Uh, I'm not even sure, like, of that part. Like, I've, I've read and listened podcasts about, like, uh, sexual abuse. And I think it's very hard to draw the line, like, of where it starts. And maybe there's a part of denial in this, but I prefer to keep it as a good thing because I feel this was the only good thing <laughs> that was okay. kind of be between us. Not that it was the only good thing, but it's the thing that changed me the most and that I, I, I kind of want to keep, like... This person was like it was a big experience in my life, and it's hard to keep positive stuff about it because like it was like a tornado in my life. I feel and I have a hard time like putting positiveness to it, but I'm trying to keep yeah a few positive things about it. <laughs> um, so after the love bombing and everything that has happened here, your trust has been built. And I guess there's a certain point where you do uh, divorce your uh, uh, ex-husband and and then eventually you uh, move in with him or move wherever he is? I never moved with him. Okay. No. No. But, yeah, and I would say, like, part of the trust building was, like, this person told me, like, so many stories about himself. And, like, even in those stories, I if I was listening carefully, like, I would have known how he was. Because, like, 
this keeps happening for him like over and over and over again like cheating and like very sexual stories and so like like he actually told me everything but I believed that because I was so special and different which he made me believe too it would change or with me it would be different and I think that one of the things that he does is like to, to build trust like he share like very intimate things about him and it creates like an instant intimacy like very fast we were like telling stories about ourselves and yeah I think this is one like he even like he was like sending me like I don't know if I should use those words, but like picture of like other people's parts and being like, oh, this was like that person. She's still trying to get me. And I was like, whatever. <laughs> like, this is so weird. But I felt it's... So he's sending you pictures of other people who he's talking to and he's sending them you naked pictures of them. Yeah. And then in my head, I was like, oh, he trusts me so much that he's willing to share that with me. Like, I'm not going to, like, break his trust. But now I see it very differently. <laughs> but this is how I, it made me feel, I guess, at this time. Did you ever send pictures of yourself to him? Oh, big time. Like, I never sexted before him. Mm -hmm. And then, yeah, did very you, fast. And like, Did you ever think... Very, at the time that if he's sending other those pictures of other people to you that he might be sending pictures of you to other people yeah of course i asked that and i believed when he said no but i have big doubts that for sure for sure he did there's there's no reason he would not have done it and it sound it sounds like that he is also dabbling in other people's worlds that there's the one that's going on with you but he has these other ones going on with other people at the exact same time and are you uh, questioning who these other people are why he's doing that with them as well and or does this kind of become a, a norm in your story with him is that there's always other people around yeah, so at the beginning, like, I didn't see him as, like, oh, my God, this person I want to be with. Like, I was more like, oh, this is going to save me. or And so maybe, okay, I'm going to cheat a few times, and then I'm going to pass my urge to do it, and everything's going to go back to normal. And so I was not really, like, we have to commit to anything. So I was like, you can do whatever you want, like, on your side. And to me, this was going to be passing thing that would not last for sure and after that of course I realized like after that I felt like I was like a fish in a pond and he would send baits and then I was just a good fish that hooked good on the thing but there was many fishes in there that were some some were half hooked some were ready to be hooked and this is how I see it now but at this time I felt like the special one like the most special of all okay and this is how he made me feel for sure that that's the way that he gets he got me that way anyway 
Anyway, and another thing about the love bombing is that, yeah, the beginning I thought that, like, his way of thinking was so different that that what I was used to, and it really attracted me because he had such a different point of view on things. And, yeah, this really struck me. Like, when he told, like, situations, the way he's seen it, I was like, wow, this person really sees it way differently than I do, and I really like that. And... Yeah, also, I had no idea what red flags meant, and I didn't, I didn't come from an abusive past, so to me, this was all like, oh my God, like, this person's very exciting, like, the intensity is always high, and it just seemed like I felt alive, finally, I guess. This is how I felt. So my story with him was, like, very sexual and, like, Every time, like, we see each other, like, we had sex. I feel that every time we saw each other, we had sex. And to me, it was really, like, waking up to a new world. And I was very, like, amazed by it. I was like, oh, my God, I missed out on this for my whole life. <laughs> I cannot believe this. And we were talking about it all the time, and it felt very, like, sacred And part of the love bombing was really, like, this person I knew had a lot of experience with sex. And he had, like, many people before, and I know about it, and he told me about it, which was part of the intimacy building. And But he was like, with you, it's the best sex I ever had. And I was like, yeah, right. But He kept pushing these ideas on me, and he was like, you're so special, oh my God. And I was like, you know, you don't need to go that far in what you're saying. Like, you can just say, yeah, I, it's great. Like, you don't have to be like, oh my God, like, you're the best all the time. I was like, it's kind of like too much, but he really, he was like, no, but it's so true. It's like, and he seemed so sincere, like, and he really pushed that idea on me, I guess, because I tried to calm him down. I was like, whoa, I never felt that way with someone. I was like, you're lucky to feel that way. And he was like, oh, like, I'm a hundred percent sure. And I was like, okay, like very fast. And he told me like a few sentences over and over all the time. Like, and I realized after speaking with other women that he said the same exact sentence to these people too but he even told me like he couldn't get hard with someone else and when I cut him that he was with someone else he said that if there was a meter that would calculate the hardness and the excitement I would be at the top this was like oh my god he has an answer for everything he has, he has an answer for everything he really does crazy it's like I don't even want to talk to him anymore because everything I would come up with, he's going to have a good answer for. It's like, this is how it is with him anyway. So I feel the love bombing with him was like, it never stops. Which, like, I hear a lot of stories that it really drops. But I, because I have, like, an avoidant personality, maybe, and I never wanted to fully engage with him because I have kids and I didn't want the big mix of, like, a, a new family and all the 
the drama for the kids, like, of, like this very fast thing. Like, I really kept my space, and we see each other, like, only... We were seeing each other only when we were not around kids, mostly. And so I feel that because it never... And it never really had like a, a firm grip on me. It couldn't drop the love bombing, really. Because it, it's like if it never fully had me. And he also told that to me. Like, he was like, I feel like I always have to run after you. But in a way, he said also, I love that. <laughs> and I was like, I think that my personality made it that it was the love bombing never stopped. Anyway, so in between the devaluation, there was always the love bombing kept going. Like, even something happened, the day after would be like, boom, you're the best, you're perfect for me, you're the woman of my life, like everything you could imagine. So what kind of devaluation occurred, and when did you notice that it began? So about five months in, I think the first thing really happened around new year like there was a party and then i brought pops for everybody and i asked him if he wanted one sorry you, you, you brought all, you brought like, um, beer no it was pops it was the day after the party what's pops so I, br- I brought like like water oh, okay but, okay okay for everyone, and then I asked him, and it was all, like, weird, and he's like, sure, I'll take one. And then after that, he made a big blow-up that I was taking care of everybody else but him, and that all that evening, I didn't give him attention. But, you know, we were actually both cheating on our partners. For sure, I didn't give him attention. Like, why <laughs> would I do that? So I guess it started there. And at this time, I was still with my husband, and I was like, okay, I should finish this. Like, this is this is crazy. There was signs right at the beginning that this person was not. There was red flags, but I was not mature, mature enough, maybe, to see them fully. And so around five months, it started that there was some stuff, and I said, okay, it's over between us. But then, of course, it was not over. He came back with love bombing. And, like, the first big thing that happened was maybe, like, a year about after it, it started, like, 10 months, I would say. Like, I had broken a toe. And then I had a family visiting. And I was like, okay, this weekend I'm just going to go camping, like, with my family and friends, and I'm going to spend some time alone. And then he was, like, texting me like crazy while I was camping. And I was like, like, we'll talk about it later. But then he made me believe that he had written a letter to his wife and left it on her drawer and that he was all packed and ready to leave town and be like, you're going to deal with the shit that you created. I was like, oh, my God, like, this is insane. Then I was, like, camping and I felt, like having, like I felt I was gonna have a mental breakdown, and I felt if this story comes out, I'm going straight to the hospital to mental health. Like I was so scared. Like I'm from a small place, and if a big truth, like 
in a community, in a very small community comes out like of cheating, it, I felt I'm not going to be able to face this. Like, this is going to be too much for me. And it just kept on being, like, very intense. And I was like, okay, I'll meet you somewhere in town right now. So I made up, like, a story that I was going to go to check my, my broken toe at the hospital. But then I went to see him. And he was like, the look in his eyes, This it was like a different person that I'd never seen before. And I was like talking to him. And I, like really, I was really scared. I was like, who is that person? And in my head, I was like, okay, as soon as this like hurricane is over, that's it. Like I'm cutting this off because this is crazy. And then he was just very mad and was like, you're not even spending time alone, you're actually with your family, like, if you need some alone time, like, just go alone somewhere, and he made this big story, and then I was like, where you wrote that letter to your wife, like, you want to say the truth to everybody, and he was like, I don't want to be alone to deal with it, like, you're just as bad as me, but then I realized after calming down that he didn't even leave the letter, like, it was just a lie to get my attention or something and then he kind of calmed down and I was like who was that person and he told me even he was like well this is the other me that is like I'm trying to get rid of him but I can't and he even like gave a different name to that person who is himself and I was like oh my god this was so scary and I told him like this totally it's like if our relationship was a tree and you would like take an axe and cut it right at the bottom like like add this was a very big thing for me i'd never seen someone in, in a state like that and so this was the big first thing and i guess it should what it i should have finished it many times but at this point i was like wow but I guess because I didn't have any experience with that in my life, I could not, like, go back to this past experience and be like, oh, this is what it is. I was like, what is that? And he was very adamant. And was, I was like, he was like, oh, I'm so sorry. And I'm going to be 40 soon. Like, I don't want to be like that for the rest of my life. Like, I'm working on myself so much. And so I believed him, I guess. And soon after that, I couldn't hold it anymore. And so it was over with me and my husband. And so this was a very chaotic time in my life. Like I moved out and I found a place for myself. And I was really, well, a lot of emotional things like d divorcing is really hard. And what I was doing, like, I felt so guilty for for cheating already. And I didn't tell nobody about it. Like, I had many friends in that small community, and nobody knew. Like, this was a, a secret that grew very big inside of me. Like, when you have a secret that you don't tell, it's like, it grows. And I guess at this point, it was very big, and I couldn't keep going with my relationship so it was over and, how, yeah, and was, how is your relationship 
when it ended was your ex-husband um, uh, upset or was he uh, understanding? Was he feeling the same way but no one was talking about it? No, he, he wanted to keep going. For sure, it was my choice. And he was very upset. But I would say he did he did his, his best. I mean, it was not like a crazy divorce. Like, it was pretty peaceful, quite avoidant, <laughs> as we both are. Uh, but overall... Overall, it was it was it was okay from from his part. I would say, like he was angry and he had suspicions for sh- for sure, and he mentioned it, but I I denied it. I was not ready. Like I lied too. Like I lied to him for sure. But I was clear with him that I didn't know if if I wanted to keep going, like for a while we've been in these discussions and I was not sure like what I wanted and I was very confused. And then, and then I had this other thing that was starting to take this, this thing with Jim took so much space in my head. Like, I can't believe it. Like I was obsessively thinking about that person all the time. Like it took all the space I feel. So then, yeah, I'm, I moved on, and when I got my own place, yeah, I was very down for a while, and Jim was still there in my life, but I, I was like, I need some, like, I don't want to just break, break up and move on to a new relationship right away, which I was already doing anyway, but so I, I, I think, took time for myself. And yeah, it was a pretty hard time. And I feel he was like he was compassionate, but sometimes I would be like crying on the floor, and he would be like, "Well, get up now." And I was like, "Well, I can't. Like I'm totally, I can't move. Like I'm really down." And then it was like, "Well, helping you is telling you to just move on." And then it's like he seemed to be very compassionate, but I think he's not. It's a strange, strange feeling I have with him. It feels like he's, he's very ready to help you anytime, but at the same time, it's for his own benefit. <laughs> like, it's, it's strange. Like, even in the firefighter world, I feel he's doing it so other people will think that he's so caring. And a sentence he would always tell me, which I know now is projection, is like, he always accused me of not caring for him. He was like, you don't even care about me. And I was like, yeah, for sure, I care. Like, stop saying that. And this was a big a big sentence he said all the time. And now I see it as projection. I was like, maybe he didn't care about me. <laughs> when, he, when he would do that, when he would say, you don't care about me, did you then try to prove that you did without not just saying the words, but did you try and go out and, uh, and prove your loyalty to him and how much you care? Yes. Yes. So what time. kind of things would you do? I would like to be a warmer person. Like 
And I was like, okay, like I'm really going to show him that I care because I do. I actually do. And this was weird because, like, I really feel like at last I was feeling something. Like, I was so numb. And then with him, it was like a roller coaster of feelings. And I guess even, like, the bad feelings, I was, like, happy to feel them because I was like, yay, I thought I was numb. I'm not. I was like, finally, I'm feeling something. And I was like, I'm feeling for him big emotions. And, yeah, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to try to make him see it for what it is. And I guess he was using that for sure. So after when I was not with my husband anymore and he was still with his wife, he was like, well, I want you to be my girlfriend. I was like, this makes no sense. Like, I, I can't be your girlfriend. But he was very insistent. And I was like, well, it doesn't mean anything. Like, our relationship is what it is right now. And, like, it does, we don't have to name it. But if, if you want to name it, sure, I can be your girlfriend. And, like, that night we went to a show, and his wife was there, too. And then he saw me, like, I was talking with some people, like, some... There was men there, but there was also women. And after that, like, he came in such a rage, and he was saying that I didn't give him attention, and then I was always flirting with other people. And that event was very big for me, like... I missed the show totally. I left. I cried all night. Like I was very affected by it. But now, but now but, you're but now you're apologizing for it because he's upset that you're not paying attention to him while you're at an event where his wife yeah. where his wife is. And yeah, and I'm like, well, she's there. Like I won't be all over you, of course. <laughs> like what is that? And then, yeah, this was a big moment for me. Like. And, yeah, I apologize, but there's always this part in myself, and I guess it's for everybody. There's this part that believes in myself that stayed there the whole relationship. And when stuff like that happened, I was like, no, this is wrong. Like, I feel I really I had lost my instincts when I was really numb at the very beginning and this gym, like the savior in my life, <laughs> he brought my instincts back by being what he is. It's a strange feeling, and I have a really hard time like giving him like a positive trait and all that. But I guess I have to. So. Before, when you were completely numb, you weren't aware of things, and now you feel like you you had such a heightened awareness for things, yeah. and it was yeah. all because of him, but it, at the same time, it is a positive in the strangest way for you, because now you are alert and awakened to certain things, whereas before you kind of felt dead. Yeah, like if someone would have told me that story, I would never have believed it. So, like I was so actually, as is a big a big conundrum in your head, you know. I oh, guess yeah. we might be getting ahead of ourselves here, but a big conundrum for you is it something along the lines of this terrible thing happened, 
but there are these positives that happen because of it, and you don't know how to feel about what has happened? This is one of my biggest challenges. Like, there's so much positivity that came out of it, but if you look at what happened, I'm like, I can't be positive about him. Like, how can I be positive? But this is what comes out. It's like I changed so much, and... I'm, I like the person I am today. Like I would, I would redo that for sure. All these mistakes, I would redo them for the awareness that I have today. Anytime, but I have a hard time with this duality of like positive coming out of this negativity. <laughs> like it's so weird. My mind can't can't get around it. Like this person brought so much emotion out of me that I didn't know were even existing and before that like I never really cried in my life I cried so much I was I was like I was happy to be crying I was like nice I'm not numb like I was like no I am alive like there's feelings inside of me like my range of emotion went like so big compared to what it was before that yeah i'm closer to my emotions and closer to like who i'm i really am in a strange way because of that story anyway <laughs> okay i'll keep going with the evaluation uh, like uh, what other kind of tactics are being used uh, is he sowing seeds of doubt in your mind is he gaslighting you um well i feel that was a lot of projection mm-hmm the gas lighting happened more like towards the end, I would say. And of, for sure, I felt like I was walking on eggshells. Like, And I told him that I was like, I'm not going to stand for a relationship where I'm scared of my partner. Like, what is that? Like, I come to you and I feel like I have, very, have to be very careful of what I'm saying or what I'm doing. Like, I, I don't want that. But he was like, he totally puts it on me. He was like, no, it's me. I feel like you always criticize what I, like, the outburst that I have and have to be careful around you. I was like, oh, my God. Anyway, but I, I, I think he did a lot of projection. Like, he said I was always leaving door open for other people, like, that I kept, like, open connections with people around me. That's so I would, like jump in as soon as something would happen and at that time were you thinking that oh the things that he's mentioning to me he's doing himself or was him mentioning it to you like throw you off or or give you a swerve no i guess he he put he put the thing so much on me that for me it was hard to say i didn't understand what was those two three days like argument things but it was just a distraction from what was really happening. This is what I think. And yeah, at at some levels, I thought I knew it was projection, but it was so intense, the talk. And like, he was really like, oh, I would never cheat on you. Like, you're so much, the love bombing never stopped. So I was like, okay, like, you seem really sure. And, And he was like, you have to trust me. Like, you have trust issues. I was like, okay, I'm trying to work on myself here. So was the love uh, bombing so constant 
throughout the whole entire thing that you're so overwhelmed the whole entire time that you never even had a chance to look at what he was doing because it was just continuous. Oh, it was continuous for sure. One thing that he, like at some point around, like we were kind of like together, I would say for three years, like with the hidden part and the not, not hidden part. And at year two, he divorced with his wife. And he always said to me, I want to be with you 100% sure. And I'm ready to finish my relationship with my wife to be with you. He, so he finished it with her. And I, I totally felt it slide that I became the new wife somehow. It's like now, like he had new techniques of abuse I would say like he was like oh you and my ex-wife do this thing like he would put us in the same boat me and her like with like behaviors that he didn't like he's like oh you're so against me with this you and her and I was like when did it start that it's me and her like this was really a new thing and then he was still living with his ex-wife and totally controlling her while he was with me and she knew that that he he was with me but she didn't know that we cheated that whole time and it started to be very chaotic with him and more like still the love bombing never stopped but just like his outbursts became like more frequent and I felt like I didn't even have time to recover from the last like tornado that a new one would come in and the recovery of the, the previous tornado would be the new tornado, which was a weird thing. It's like it's not that we like we healed that. It was there's a new thing more important that we have to deal with now, so we forget what happened. And then this is when I started like journaling and I took notes of what was happening and the dates, and I saw like patterns of time and it felt like a wheel. I was like, oh, every like three weeks it would bump and then. And, yeah, like, the journaling really helped me to see all of this. I wanted to believe that he was only that love-bombing person. But at some point, a friend of mine explained to me, like, like, personalities, it's like a square. Maybe you can see it as a square. And you decide to see only a few sides of the square. But you know there's these other sides, and you don't want to look at them. But this person is that whole thing. And I guess I was looking at the good sides and hoping that they would they would be like they would become all of him but at some point I knew he could he couldn't get rid of the abusive side of him and yeah so at some point I left for a family trip and I was gone for like three weeks around Christmas time and the day before I left he made a hole in my wall and I was like okay that's it it's over and I didn't contact him for like a week. And then we started texting again. And then I was sweet again. And then the love bombing. And he was like, it was my birthday. And and he loved me so much. And he really wanted to make it work. So when I came back, I was like, okay. And this is when I was starting to date things and events. And it took only two weeks before I was back that we had like the biggest explosion that never happened 
and so you, I was so you were being ga- so you, an explosion happened, and then you were gaslit as if it never happened. No, like so, I left for my trip, and then I came back, and but before I left, it was a big explosion, and when I came back, it was all like we're gonna make this work, and like give me one last chance. He was always saying, give me one last chance. I think I gave him like 25 last chances. And I was like, okay, I'll give you a last chance or another chance. And then he was like, I'm seeing a therapist. Like he was very serious. And then he was, he was also like on his knees crying, being like, you're the woman of my life. Like I would do everything for you. And so I was like, okay. And then two weeks after that, we had like the biggest, like I was, I was at his house, and I don't even remember what the argument was about, but it just escalated. And then in my head, I was like, "Okay, now it's like I, w- I wanted to leave." <clears throat> I was like, "Okay, now it's dangerous to leave. I can't leave." Like this is, and then the realization of that in my head was like, "What am I doing in this situation? Like I'm afraid." of leaving a place because this person is too scary. And this is the person that's supposed to love me the most that I've ever felt before. Like, this is And then, like, he blocked the door, and he was, like, telling me I needed to go see, like, a therapist because I had a lot of mental issues and that, like, I was very sick mentally. And I... I remember, like, very clearly that moment that his words, like, just flew over me and didn't go through me anymore. It was, like, on the on the duck's back, like, on duck's feathers, like, the water. It just, it just passed. And I think this was, like, a turning point for me that I could totally see it. And so he was blocking the door. And I was like, okay, I'm going to stay. And when it comes down, like, I'm out of here. And I went out. And, like, this is when it got physical. Like, I went down the stairs. And then he pushed me on the ground. I left my phone in the air. Then I was kind of down on the stairs. And he was, like, grabbing me. And I kicked him with with my feet. And I stand up. And I kicked him in, in the balls. And then I hid. I ran to my car. But he already had stolen my car keys. I knew where the double was. Started to try to start my car, but then he had he was there with the double and a rock, and he was hitting on my car with, with a rock, with a crazy face. I was like, ah. and he enters my car, so I left running, and I hid in in the bushes for like hours. And then he was patrolling with his truck, like looking for me, and I was like, whoa, but. I was like nowhere where it lives. It's, it's like nowhere, and it, it was like 10 p.m. So you were so, literally hiding while he was patrolling around in his truck looking for you after he smashed your car with yeah. a, with a rock, and you're in fear yeah. for your life at this point. Um, well, yeah, I had the biggest rush of adrenaline for a long time then i hid and i went to get back my phone there while he was patrolling on the street and i hid back and then he was texting me and was like i called the police for what you've done you just kicked me in the balls like you're so crazy like you have to respond to what you've done to me i was like oh my god this is insane and then i had a very good friend that i that i called and she came like i hid 
and she came to pick me up and we went to sleep in a safe place. And the day after I went back to grab my stuff and he was like, I'm waiting for apologies here. And I was like, and he tried to kiss me. I was like, you're insane. Like, this is insane. Like, you're pretending you call the police. Like, you think this is, like, I have to apologize. I was like, well, look at yourself. Like, here, I'm done. And that, that this was like a big breakdown, for sure. After that, I was like, I didn't sleep at all for two nights, maybe. <laughs> I was all, like, very high on adrenaline. And it was over at this point, and I'm, I feel sorry for myself to say that a month after <laughs> I gave him another chance. And so, like, after that experience, like, it, it lasted maybe a, another month, but I was, I was just, like, can't unsee what I've seen. And so it just ended with, I don't even remember what it was, but I was like, I'm very sorry, and it's, it's actually for love that I'm I'm leaving it because, like, I love you. And if you really want to change for real, and next year I really want you to change, I have to leave because I'm just enabling that pattern right now. And if I keep going, it's going to just keep on going. I know that for sure. So it's, it was kind of a, a lack of, an act of love for myself, like respect for myself and for him too. Because it could not like keep on going like this craziness, and so this was like the first ending, I guess, of me and him. And I wanted to stay friends with him, and so I guess I stayed like uh, under that spell of him for another year. Like we would talk like once in a while and he would text me like sweet things and and like when we talked like we talked about what happened and like but he always like he wrote me like love letters it was still love love bombing and he was like oh I'm working so hard on myself like I'm alone right now and like I don't need like sex with nobody like I'm very happy to do my work and and still being abusive, like, oh, you're not doing your work good, like, I'm doing my work. <laughs> and I was like, okay. So you're still and, you're still kind of hanging on to his puppet strings at this point, even though you're not in a relationship anymore, but you are a source of supply for him, correct? Very much. I would say it that way, yeah. And then at some point, like, he really wanted to me, to have me back and... Like, he was like, I'm going to tell what we did together, like the cheating. I'm going to tell the whole community what you've done because I'm not going to fall alone. Like, this is what he was saying to me. is like, everybody thinks I'm a bad person, but I'm not going to fall alone in this. Like, what you did was really bad, too. And I'm going to tell everybody that we cheated unless you come back with me. And I was like... I was in that situation. I was so stressful for a few months there. I was so scared of telling that big truth, like in a small community, and to tell my ex-husband, like what I actually, like officially done. And um, what happened is, like one day, this other woman contacted me, and she, 
she was like, oh, like I, I heard you rumors about you and Jim, and I'm going to tell you ex-husband what I know. And anyway, this person was, uh, she, she, she was not doing good at that moment. Sorry, and she was so not, she was, was, she was not what? Doing good okay. mentally. I would say like she was in a rough moment. Okay. And so she was like threatening me for, for weird reason at this point. I was not sure why, but I was like, okay, this was like the drop of water that was too much for me. So at the next conversation with my ex-husband, I decided to tell him the truth. And so I made, like, I feel this was my nuclear bomb. Like, I dropped this big truth because I was so tired of being, like, threatened by Jim with this. Like, he was using this to have me back. I was like, if you really love me, like, you would never do that. And I was like, I'm going to say it. So he's not going to have, like, a force on me or, like, a, he's not going to have this thing against me. Then, I, like, all my cards are going to be on the table, and I'm going to be... I thought I would lose all my friends doing that. And, like, I, I'm friend with, with his ex-wife. I'm still friend with, with her. Like, I'm very grateful for her, for her, like, her forgiveness, I would say, or her compassion. But, so I dropped that bomb. So I told my ex-husband, okay... This is what really happened between me and Jim when I was with you. And then after that, I called Jim and I was like, okay, I told him, now you have to tell your ex-wife like you have a week to tell her. Otherwise, it, the word's going to spread very fast. Like a small community, is, like it's a very uh, gossipy news. Mm -hmm. <laughs> so... So he was not mad, but he was like, why did you do that? I was like, well, you kept threatening me. I couldn't, like, I couldn't do this anymore. And it was like, I would have never said it to nobody. Like, never I would do that to you. And I was like, but why would you use it as a threat? Like, I was not able to. So anyway, he, he, he told her, and this big, big thing exploded. And this was one of the best lessons in my life. Like, I thought I would lose. All my friends, like, I thought I was so scared to to say that truth. And I think, like, it, it's also a part that what kept me with him. It was like we had hidden secrets together. And this really creates, like, cheating creates intimacy very fast because you're lying together. So you feel very special. Like, it's a, a bond that's created very fast somehow. And, yeah, so, so that happened. And then, yeah, I thought I thought the fear of saying it, like, I thought, again, like, I have to go to mental hospital for a week. Like, I'm going <laughs> to remove my stuff from the world. But the response of, like, my, my closest friend was so, like, eye-opening. Like, the love that I received for my honesty was... One of the best lessons in, in my life, actually. And I'm very grateful that I had to go, like, through that, that anyway, that challenge, I would say. Because I, I learned a lot on honesty and being true, like being real. And, yeah. So this happened, 
And then around that same time, a man contacted me to tell me that his wife and Jib had, had an affair if, like six months before. So when I was still with him, I was like, oh, my God. So I confronted Jim about it, and yeah, it, it was like while he was saying to me, like while he was having, like he was on his best behavior. This was his words: like I'm gonna be on my best behavior. Like this is the last chance you give me. I'm gonna do everything to make it happen. Like I would do everything for you. Like the love bombing at the top. He was actually having this this affair with that other person. And it broke her relationship with her husband, too. Mm -hmm. And so I feel this was the first ending. But I was still somehow attached in a, in a weird way to that person. Like I felt a special connection and a special bond, I would say. And so I haven't been only six months about no contact with him. And so that day, I received a text from a woman, and she's all like, it's the same person that was in a very bad place when, so, I, when so, I told the truth. So just to clarify, yeah, uh, this part of your story ends uh, where, well, part of your story ends where um, – you tell everyone kind of what's going on and it's over in that sense but at the same time you still have feelings for him and now you're the woman who was um, contacted you earlier threatening you is about to contact you again correct yeah okay and this is a year later, the previous time she contacted me. And so she does. And what she tells me is that she's been having a thing with Jim ever since me and him broke up. And she said that was her who took care of him when I brutally dumped him and was so not nice with him that she took care of him and that they were seeing each other uh, since. And I was like, okay, like, but this person, like, is still in a very, was still in a very, like, not good place. And at this point, I contact Jim, and I'm like, okay, like, while you were saying to me that you were working so hard on yourself, being alone and not having sex and, like, feeling so good and, like, working so hard, you were actually with that person, too? Like, this is the second kind of thing that you didn't tell me that I found out and then I was like okay at this point like I don't want to speak to you anymore and like I don't want to hear I was like I don't even want to hear what you have to say about it because you always have a good excuse I don't want to hear your excuse this time and this is gonna sound confusing now because that's when Lola shows up in the story so who is Lola so Lola is um, she's a volunteer firefighter who's volunteering at the same place, same place as Jim. Okay. And I know about her for a little while, like for because Jim is sometimes mentioned Lola 
who's nice and he's just like she's a nice person and they kind of friends over there. I didn't think anything about that. But then after after me and him like split up, maybe a few months after, he starts to hang out with Lola, but he says to me she's just a friend and they're really helping each other. Healing because she just went through a similar thing and blah, blah, blah. And so I'm like, good. I don't know Lola at all. But then just after that other woman, like, contacted me, I see, like, the same day, I think it was the same day, I see Lola in a grocery store. And it, I know that her and Jim were actually, like, their thing evolved, like, from a friendship. This is what he tells me. From a friendship to, like, a start of a relationship. And then they were kind of together, but more like friends with benefits. This is what Jim told me about his relationship with Lola. But recently, like, I heard it was over between them, and Jim has a new girlfriend. And so I see Lola at the grocery store, but I never spoke to her before. And I just feel like a pull to really... Okay, what like how are you like what's up and I was like so how are you and she's like oh I'm okay and I was like and I told her like I'm still very confused about that whole like gym story like for me it's really hard to let go of it and I was like I heard that he has a new girlfriend and I heard you've been hurt in that like I'm very sorry for you and then she's all like well since that time he made holes in my wall, um, it kind of went down from there. And then I was like, what? <laughs> I was like, what's up? Like, this is this is crazy. I was like, do you so, want to go for coffee? So for, to clarify, he yeah. has been doing the exact same thing to Lola. Uh, to yeah. uh, uh, hole, punching holes in the wall, everything, same thing he did to you. She has left him, and now uh, you guys are talking she, at the store. Yeah, I never seen, I never talked to her before. Like I seen her around, but I don't know her. But so, he so, left, he left her for someone else. So Jim has been, um, you know, he had his wife. He was cheating with you, and then he was yeah. with you, and then there was this other woman who called you. There was Lola, and now he's moved on from all of you with someone new, and who knows who else. Oh, and there was that couple. Uh, that yeah, you, that you mentioned. there was also that couple, yeah. So, yeah. so Jim is a serial a liar and uh, yeah. cheater. Like Pat. Pathological, I would say. And uh, and is physically abusive, um, yeah. and is uh, psychologically abusive and emotionally abusive. Yeah, like it's a it's a strange thing. Like it was really, I felt like okay, there's nothing that he ever said that I can take for true. Mm -hmm. It's like he's gonna lie on like very small things just to make your mind think of something that is unreal so now so, that it is over how yeah. how are you doing and what are the biggest issues you're having in your recovery in your healing process well then i went to that phase where 
I had to re-see everything. And that's when a lot of details popped up. And I was like, okay, this was that, actually. And this was probably that. And sometimes, like, I, ever since I've seen Lola maybe two times, and sometimes I just made, like, confirmations with her. And I was like, okay, the, the, what I thought was actually not what I thought. And so I had to go through, like, this all, like, I feel like my brain was used. I feel like it's a harsh word, but I feel I was raped mentally. And I've been lying to, to my ex-husband too, but it was not the same way, I would say. I think there's different ways of lying. And I'm not going to excuse myself for what I've done, but this was beyond everything I thought possible. Like, I didn't know a human being could be like that. Where I'm at now is that I discovered, like, I, had, I went to see a therapist, and it was very, like, it's. It, I feel it's baby steps sometimes. Like, you discover something, and then it leads you to something else. And so I've, I've made a lot of discoveries that I'm very grateful uh, about. And I went through a lot of, like, analysis. But, like, I, in therapy, like, I saw myself, like, I saw my inner child, like, being on the floor, being very quiet, and, like, craving for attention. And I guess all my life, I looked for attention outward. And so what I'm working on right now is, like, giving myself my, my attention, like, as best as I can. Like, like, I felt so seen by Jim, and this is what kept me hooked there for a long time I, I think and so so you're working I'm on working, I'm working on seeing myself uh, like without the support of like looking around to see what other people think about me like being more like balanced because in therapy like I saw that that inner child being like on the floor like very quiet and but like I was craving to be discovered. I think this, like, and that someone would be like, oh, you're actually like this diamond that was hiding. And this is how he made me feel. But I, I'm, I'm working on making making it feel for, for myself. And further on in therapy, like, I saw myself standing up, and I was so shaky that, like, it's like me as a child standing up and then looking around looking for support and there's no support so I feel very unbalanced so I guess what I'm working is like to feel my own balance within myself yeah and what was really hard is what we mentioned earlier it was like it's this duality of positivity out of a painful event like overall yeah I have a, like it's my my brain has a hard time to, to balance balance this. And I was hoping that, like, sharing my story, like, in a very neutral, like, nobody knows I'm doing this. Like, this is for myself. And I, I'm hoping for, like, full acceptance and peace and closure. Because I've been very obsessively thinking about it. And, I've I like, I dived into 
knowing everything about mental, like, like narcissism, but all the cluster B and I, I, I would say I've been a bit obsessive about it and I want some peace. And so now that we've spoken for yeah. the, for the last little bit of time, how are you feeling about everything that has just uh, been told? I feel it's hard to picture it, to picture the craziness that I see in it and in words. And there's, like, this is the main act of the story. But this story is bigger and there's, like, way more people involved and many, many, many details that I still find out about it. Because I'm from a small place, so sometimes I hear a piece of information, I'm like, what? Like, I, I had no clue this person had any contact with Jim. Oh, but suddenly I know that they had a thing. And, and it's like, I can't even calculate the number of... Like, I left the first time because he was abusive. But then all the lying after was really what opened my eyes. So do and you do you feel that you can fully heal while living in the same town as him? This is I'm not sure cuz like yeah I mentioned this like a week ago I go to the grocery and then he's there with his new girlfriend. So you went to the grocery kinda, store and he was there with his new girlfriend. Yeah, and he's there and 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 you know like the new girlfriend she's been there like 6 months and they already live together. Like, she moved in a month after they were together. It, it To me, it seemed like, okay, this is, this is the same thing. Like, some people that know him are like, oh, he's changed. And I'm like, ah, like, there's this obsessiveness to prove that I'm right. Like, but I know this is my ego speaking, but it's really strong. And so I go to the grocery store, and he's there in the meat section with his new girlfriend and then I'm kind of far away and I see him like he whispers something in her ears and she's like yeah and then he he, he moves and he comes towards me and I'm like is he gonna talk to me like and then he kind of does this little sad face pity face to me and I have so much anger it's like I never I never had so much anger ever before in my life and I grow through stages, like, I, I'm able to have compassion for him, but I grow to, like, very angry moments, and I have dream that I'm literally, like, punching his face, and it goes in, and there's blood spilling, like, I'm, like, it's, it's in my dreams, too, like, I, yeah, I want to get rid of it, like, I, there's no way I would get be back with him like this. But what stays is that, yeah, it's like, I, I don't even know know what it is, but I, this is where I'm at, I guess. So I will eventually do a follow-up episode with you, um, or at least I'll stay in contact with you to see how everything is going because it will yeah. probably be difficult. I hope this call is closure for you, but, you know, you're seeing him all the time and all these things are happening. So, 
Yeah. It might be a little like bit I more difficult. I almost had a fight with him, like in the bar. This was like a month after, because mm-hmm. I made him. I made it very clear. Like when I spoke with his new girlfriend, and I was like, "And by the way, if he tries to contact me again, I'm calling the police. Like, I'm not. This is not happening. Like, because." And then I I texted him one last sentence: "Don't write or talk to me." And then I blocked him. But then I saw him in the bar, and he comes towards me, and he does this interrogating face, and I'm like, "Just go away! Don't look at me!" And he comes and's like, "What's up? Peace? No problem?" And I'm like, "I could have jumped on." <laughs> it's like, if if I would not see him, I'll never. I think it would be easier, but I always see him on the road, or and I feel life makes it that he's always like. In weird moments, like, this means I still have work to do on, about it. And I want to come to a point where I can send lo- love from a distance. Because, of course, I had problem with boundaries. Like, I didn't speak about ba- boundaries, but it's very clear that I didn't know even what they were. And I read somewhere something that really stuck with me is, like, boundaries is the space you put between you and someone else keep loving them and sending compassion. And I want to get to that to that state of mind. And the distance is no contact. But I want to be still in a place where I can send love and compassion. And it's this is also for myself. Like, I, I don't want to be stuck in that anger. I'm not stuck in that anger, but... I never experienced anger that way ever before. And I'm very hard. Like, I'm not an angry person. I never was angry with nobody before that, <laughs> like, officially. I didn't know what anger was. Now I know. And so I, I, <laughs> I want to be in love and compassion. Well, Ariana, I want to yeah. thank you for being on the show, and I hope you get to the place where you need to get to. And I'll be cheering for you and rooting for you. Um, And we'll be in contact with each other. And I just really want to thank you for sharing your story with me today. Yeah, thank you for what you're doing. Like, it really helped for me to listen to people's story. Like, it it validated my own story just to hear from others. Like, so thank you very much. And thank you once again. And for everyone out there listening, I hope you have a good day. Night.